Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome in, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you. Your cross is off today. He'll be back tomorrow. He's calling basketball tonight. But, buddy, do we have a busy sports day here in the state of Mississippi. You've got a sneaky, very important February, late February, late, 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 last day of February, midweek game going on right down the road from where I sit with Southern Miss and Mississippi State. There's some drama associated with that game, and not necessarily about the game itself, too Highly respected, very respectable programs led by two good people, like all that. No, no, there's no drama between the two teams. It's can we or can we not watch the game? I, who knows? We said yesterday, we got people upset at us for saying yesterday that you're going to be able to watch it. At that time, it was true. It may not be. I don't know. We'll get into that in a little bit. Mississippi State, quite simply, tonight has a uh, you win it or else basketball game. And I know we spent yesterday talking about how they've solidified their position in the tournament. Not so much because we assumed that a win was going to be happening tonight. Big favorites are the Bulldogs. We'll talk to Luke Johnson here in a little bit. Southern Miss won the Sun Belt in basketball. We'll talk baseball with him as well coming up here a little bit later. I have to read to you guys the greatest opinion column I've ever read. Remember a few weeks ago, a couple months ago now, when we read the column from the guy in California saying that the Rose Bowl not being on New Year's Day and being a part of the playoff is going to contribute to the downfall of our society as we know it? This one's better. From a Clemson reporter who was very upset at a TikTok I think it was TikTok, that John Rice Plumley put online. So, oh. Uh, Going to have those Madison housewives after him. Oh, he is. It is. Uh, it's an all-timer. So we'll, we'll get yeah, to that I've, later. I've as seen well. the TikTok, so I'm excited for the column. Oh, hey, that it is just so, it's perfect. It's I specifically beautiful. did not read it. I saw the link in the rundown. <laughs> I, I didn't read it. I want to hear it. I want to be able to live react to it. It's amazing. Oh, man. So we got a lot to get to uh, today. Please forgive me, by the way. Um, no. The, the Yellow Death is here. 
if you're one of the 40% of people, I think it's 40% of people that deal with um, like high-level seasonal allergies, this week has been bad for you, and I am in your club, and I feel you. The rest of you, you are so lucky, you have no idea how lucky you are. I've got a black car, and it is yellow right yeah. now. It's everywhere, and it's it's killing Showing me. off your love for Southern Miss. Yeah, I've got my black on right now, uh, driving my black car. Um, but no, the, the yellow death is I- here. Black shirt and red car. I mean, you wouldn't know there was anything Mississippi State about me. <laughs> the allergy season, though. That's yeah, rough. It's rough. I, I am in the 40%. I don't have, or I guess I'm in the 60%. I don't, I don't have issues with Oh, you're so lucky. And, and, and it hits yeah. you the second you walk outside, just like a boom. Like you Does just it. run into a brick wall and just everything swells up and stuff just constantly just coming out of your nose and you can't stop it. There's nothing you can do. I saw an allergy specialist and they gave me the little back pokes, and I lit up like a Christmas tree. Doctor walked in and said, it would be a shorter conversation to tell you what you are not allergic to in terms of outside allergens. And he said, they're basically all in the Pacific Northwest, so move to Oregon. That was the advice I got from a doctor, so shout out to that guy. But yeah, it's terrible. I might have to like randomly pause throughout. If I am lucky enough uh, when I pass to get called to heaven, which based on uh, my uh, decisions that I made in my youth. I don't know. I don't know if he if if he's gonna be real thrilled when he sees my name on the docket, right? But if I am lucky enough to get there, I'm gonna ask the good Lord why. Of all the questions that I have for him in life, allergies, pollen, why? <laughs> I don't understand you. I don't understand you. Why do this to us? I don't get it. But either way, it's the worst. It is the absolute worst. I've got big, beautiful pines in the back, and the wind's blowing just a little bit today, and it's like a wave of, of, and all the little guy wants to do is be outside, which is awesome that I've got a young child in this era that would much rather go outside than be in front of a screen. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. But. But. Then I have to go outside too because Lord knows Dad's got to be with me. Dad, you got to sit right here on my table that is covered in pollen. Dad, you got to sit here. Hey, hey, buddy, I'll just stand up. No, Dad, Dad, sit right here. And of course I have to. And then you guys know how I feel, especially those of you down in the Pine Belt. Although there's pine trees everywhere here, it's one of the beautiful and terrible things about Mississippi is there are pine trees everywhere. Really nice-looking, big, beautiful trees. They help make your landscaping good. If you got one near your yard, you rake them up. You don't have to spend any money. That's great. Right now, terrible. If you want to be a part of the conversation, we'd love to have you. 601-879-4395 is the text line. I should hear Gerard. I just saw him in the hall. I'd, is he dealing with it as well? I'd, I need to ask him next time I see him. Speaking of Plumley, did y'all see him snag that ball the other night? Uh, I saw the highlight. Actually, I think he did a home run as well in their sweep of he Clemson. Did have a home run, yeah. Yeah. yeah and He's that, living the life down there in Central Florida. We get one picture of the uh, of the the pollen prescription started today with the shot as well. Yeah, my insurance doesn't cover the shot, so I'm I'm suffering through because the way they described it to me was I've. 
I've got to get it like every month, and the price point that she gave me that my insurance wouldn't cover was not worth it. So I've got I've got my sprays and like three different pills. Like I'm, I'm trying, but uh, you're you're a lucky man. David says my neighbor cut down about 15 30 foot pine trees. No more yellow car for me, and it feels great. You are a lucky man. So would you consider that though? Would you uh, you cut down your trees? No, because I love the shade in the summer. Yeah. I mean, our yard is, is almost entirely shaded most of the day because of the pine trees. So, no, I, I won't get rid of them. Somebody told me it's time for number two. No, no it's not. Have you seen inflation? <laughs> no, no shot. It's not in the budget right now. Nah. No, no it, we, th thanks, Joe. Anyway. You're good. My, Mike and Grand Bay said, Paul and part of the fallen man in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, no uh, no doubt. My wife would ask me a while back what I would ask God for if I could ask anything, and my answer was I'd ask for my rib back. <laughs> it was the next day when my wife got very angry at my Thank. <laughs> you and hey, Dad. Did What did I do? What, 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 what did I you do? say during, on Valentine's Day? <laughs> we were talking about the Aaron Rodgers thing, and Richard asked how long I could go like in the dark alone, and I was like, well, I've been married for 21 years. Jack Bully recommends Zyrtec. Yeah. Pine trees don't grow in the Delta. Don't rub it in, please. We know. A lot of, a lot of good times to be had in the Delta, by the way. Good people out oh, there. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't like Anywhere you right now. You can have a good time. But, but yeah. right now... Shut up. <laughs> uh. Dwayne says, stand outside in my black shirt, and I will be yellow and black, go Southern Miss. It would be like a tie-dye, essentially. It would just kind of like be, which, yeah. which I guess is the new thing now, like in golf shirts and stuff. It's it, no more like solid colors or like It's not really new, stripes. is it? I mean, tie-dye is kind of old. Oh, but I mean like very small little like dots and shapes and stuff are now the thing. That That's what this jacket would become. If I stood outside yeah. long enough, so yeah, that's um, that's not fun. What is fun though is the sports coming up tonight again. Huge, huge basketball game for state. In a way, what, what do fans feel about this? Other than uh, got to win it, obviously. But are people like jacked up to go see this team play right now? Like, what kind of crowd? I think so. I, I mean, it's senior night. I mean, it is a Tuesday, eight o'clock tip, so that'll certainly. I think keep some of some fans away, but I think it'll, it'll be the same kind of solid crowd states had all year long, and uh, and they deserve it as well. Got to win. They are a sixteen point favorite tonight at home. That's sixteen a lot of points. point favorite. That's a lot of points. Uh, but they won by fifteen on the road. So. Oh, with these two teams, absolutely. One twenty four and a half is the over under. Yeah, you should be good. You should be good. It was in, in when it was in. Uh, Columbia, they they scored one seventeen, so should be good. Bet the under. Derek and Greenwood <laughs> said, uh, "Did someone really say pine trees don't grow in the Delta? Do they live here?" <laughs> Some Delta tree battles. That's exactly what I was envisioning when I started the show today. Love it, love it. I don't. I, I've I've been to many places in the Delta. Now that I think about it. There were pines there. I've played golf there on yeah. 
pine-lined golf courses. Yeah. Good times either way. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Actual sports when we get back. Wednesday at 6 o'clock. What is happening? I'm very confused. Great stuff. Oh, it's great. I'm sure you have. You ever watched an ACDC concert? Just watched? I don't know that I've ever just watched. I mean, I've seen a lot. I've seen them uh, like videos, but not. not Angus Young comes out in like the schoolboy outfit, right? And so he's got a hat on with a tie, a shirt, everything. By the time the show's over, he is just down to shorts. Like it's something he sheds all shorts, his clothes. Yeah. <laughs> he's um, working up a sweat, yeah, man. He's, he he's working. Something really funny happening, by the way, in a spring training game. Uh, Pirates Orioles were going to, or they wanted to play a bottom of the ninth, despite the score being seven to four. The game would have been over. The home team was up seven, but they still wanted to <laughs> get the extra half inning because it's spring training and the results don't matter, and they want to get guys work. The umpires forgot. They left. After the top of the night, the umpires left and got undressed, and the teams went back out in the field and played a half inning without umpires. The catchers called, or the catcher called balls and strikes. So that is spring training for you. Bowen and you know. do that every time now. Uh, right? Or let the announcers do it. Give them a red button and a green button to push. Just yeah. get a little home field advantage. Bo says, Borky, I got a bone to pick. You sat there on your high horse pedestal preaching, going off, telling us that Ole Miss folks, no need to fire that lame duck coach in the middle of the season, and boy, you were wrong. If they would fired him two months ago and had a new guy named, we would not be losing recruits right now. Well, Bo, uh, one, that wasn't me. I even, there's a, a, a podcast as well where I argued at, at multiple different times this season where Ole Miss should have gone ahead and pulled the plug and fired Kermit Davis because they knew when they lost to North Alabama all the way back in, I believe, late December, that it was over. That, quite frankly, I argue back in March that they shouldn't bring him back, as did Brian Haydad. But, no, I, if I came off saying that, then that, that is not representative of how I felt. I felt at multiple points this season they should have gone ahead and done it because everybody knew they were doing it and Keith Carter was already looking for a new coach and and, and all that. But... Firing Kermit Davis two months ago or two days ago does not change the fact that they would have lost recruits. Well, they wouldn't a have new, a coach. That's the other A new part guy of would not have been named uh, by now. Yeah. Nobody's naming a coach until the NCAA tournament is over. Unless you're hiring a coach who isn't in the NCAA tournament, in which yes. case I would totally advise Ole Miss to do that. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Get somebody, get somebody who's never been. That way it's a, it's a fresh experience for everybody. Uh, yeah, there, there's no way a replacement would have been named by now. I mean, even if it's somebody like Chris Beard, who is not, or Chris Mack, who who are one of the three Chris's in in the mix for this job, Chris apparently, um, they're not currently employed. But you still 
are, are going to let the season finish and see if other candidates emerge during the season or whatever before you make the decision. We'll talk about those recruits later, but that, that's just kind of the nature of the sport now. Players, I mean, almost never commit to the school, especially in basketball. Firing Kermit Davis was going to lead to these guys looking around. It, it just it was going to happen, uh, regardless. Uh, whoever the new coach is, uh, Hubbard is uh, the the high profile one. Uh, I believe in his statement said that he would still consider Ole Miss. I assume he's going to hear the new guy out, just you know see what he's all about. But now you've got a bunch of people that are going to just like moss to a flame try to get a, a high-level guard that is now suddenly available. That is what happens in basketball when you make coaching changes. You are going to lose recruiting classes, or the guys are going to look around at least after the coach gets fired. It's true in football, too. It's true in football, too. But especially in basketball, where there's so much more movement than there is in football in terms of percentage of your roster. I mean, in the let's not pretend like the new coach isn't going to come in and probably do a lot of processing as well. You know, he's going to look at the roster and think, well, I can get this guy in the portal that's way better than this guy, and I can get that guy that's better. It, that, that's what happens now. So it's just part of the deal. But, no, I've, I argued many times that Ole Miss should go ahead and pull the plug because it, they were wasting time. But an interim coach was not keeping a recruiting class together, and the interim coach was not keeping the job either. So there you go. What? Uh, some names to watch for for the job, real quick, uh, because I do want to talk about the baseball game tonight. Uh, Chris Beard uh, apparently is still very much in the mix, the, the former Texas coach that was fired after an arrest. Uh, he, he was um, cleared of those charges. Or Depends the charges on who you ask the answer. That, that, that one on that yeah, one. The, the charges were dropped. Um, I, I would assume that. Ole Miss is reaching out or trying to get in touch with Chris Mack, the former Louisville coach. Um, people think that Will Wade, uh, Will Wade is campaigning for the job, basically, uh, at this point. But you don't know what the resolution of his NCAA case is going to be. Is that a risk that Ole Miss wants to take? Chris Holtman at Ohio State is somebody that, that I have talked about many times. It makes sense from a lot of angles. He also has family here in Mississippi, apparently. Um, so, so that one makes sense. I mean, there's a half a dozen mid-major guys that that they will look at, but that honestly usually goes. Um, it's tournament dependent. You know, if if these guys, if a couple of them lose in their conference tournament and don't make the tournament, they're probably going to move down the list. Then somebody that wins their conference gets into the tournament, maybe wins a game, or you know, it, th- things are just changed so fast in coaching searches. It, it's hard to know. Well, right now, but people are constantly talking about Chris Beard. Um, Chris Mack is somebody that I'm intrigued by. That Hey Dad's friend of me mentioned yesterday as somebody that that he's he's hearing a good bit on. Um, I personally would deeply consider Will Wade. I don't know if Keith Carter is going to do that. I would do that. It that's kind of all we got right now. Yeah, and we got a month. To worry about it, so I wouldn't be so. If it's one of, if it's Mac Holtman Beard Wade, it'll happen sooner. If it's one of them, just it could. because it could. But either way, we'll get back to basketball here in a little bit because again, big game in Starkville tonight. This baseball game, 
in Pearl. Sneaky, kind of important for both of these teams, I think. Southern Miss coming off of a series loss. We'll talk to Luke about that here in a second. And for RPI and hosting purposes and stuff, Southern Miss needs to you know, have good results in games like this. And for Mississippi State... And so does State. Yeah, at this point, with the VMI loss and the ULM loss, you can't lose many more non-conference games. No. And the other thing with State is, after this week, like their non-conference, all they really have left is the Governor's Cup, right? Everything else they play, you know, they play Samford, UAB, uh, ULL. I mean, ULL is not the same program it was, you know, five, six, seven years ago in terms of being a national power. Um, so for State, you know, this week is big. I, 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 was, I was thinking about this, and I mentioned it on the podcast. I think State needs to have a three-in-one week just to make everybody sort of settle down and feel right about the baseball program. And I feel like it's unlikely that they're going to sweep through the weekend. So one, I feel like one of the ones needs to be tonight. Um, and I'll be honest, you know, before Friday, I would have told you that I thought Southern was going to win this game pretty easily. I didn't have a lot of faith in Mississippi State. But then State played well on the weekend, you know, bouncing back nicely in Saturday and Sunday. And Southern, quite frankly, was just not good this weekend. And and especially their pitching, which I th- I thought you know was going to be the strength of that 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 team, you see Tanner Hall getting knocked around a little bit, and then you see you know the, their bullpen getting knocked around a little bit. That was very surprising to me uh, to, to see the numbers that Illinois was able to put up. And Mississippi State is, if nothing else, this year you know for all the struggles they've had on the mound and the struggles they've had in the field, they have been pretty consistent offensively. They've been able to hit the baseball on top of the lineup with Amani Larry and Colton Ledbetter has been very, very good. Luke Hancock has been very good uh, as a batter. Uh, you know, Hunter Hines raised his average 100 points this past weekend. Um, you know, you're just getting production throughout the lineup. Kellum Clark has been has been okay uh, for Mississippi State. Ross Highfield, when he's gotten a chance to play, has been very good with the bat. Dakota Jordan, you know, he's still figuring a lot of things out, but yeah, you know, can obviously see the talent there. You know, you don't just drive a ball 474 feet because you got lucky, I don't think. So this is a big game for, for both squads. Um, for Southern, a chance to, you know, to wash the taste of last weekend out of your mouth and, and move forward into a, a big non-conference series. For State, it's a chance to stack up, you know, a, a third win in a row, which you haven't, you know, when's the last time State won three games in a row? I mean, go back to last year. When's the last time they did it? I don't. I don't remember. I don't recall. So big game as far as you know for midweek, and also big you know for performance wise with Bradley Lofton going ahead for state tonight. Um, he was okay last week. He ended up taking the loss because his team wasn't hitting in that one game. But you know for him, you know, he, he pitched all right, and I think people they expect him to be a part of the weekend at some point. So here's a good starting point against a good USM team uh, for him to come out have another good performance and maybe stake his claim to some innings. Some innings this weekend. We'll get to the drama around trying to watch this game later, but Luke Johnson will join us next. Talk Sunbelt Championship, regular season championship, and then the tournament championship, as well as baseball when we come back. It's Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio.
Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. We go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team from the Super Talk Eagle Hour, which, by the way, if you weren't aware, you can find the Eagle Hour not just during the live broadcast, but wherever you get your podcasts. Just pull out your favorite podcast app. Like I said yesterday, Spotify would be the one I would recommend, but if you've got a C Spire phone, you've got a podcast app already on it. You're a Southern Miss fan. You want more exclusive Southern Miss content. Pull out your favorite podcast app. Search Eagle Hour or Super Talk Eagle Hour or Super Talk. All of those will churn out results, and you will find Luke Johnson of the Eagle Hour every day. Southern Miss all day, every day. And they take their shots at the SEC. So you get a little bit of that in there. Luke, how you doing, man? I'm good, guys. Good, good, uh... Baseball game, looking forward to tonight, and perfect weather for it. And I think Haydad uh, finally finalized it that we will be able to watch it tonight. I know you're going to talk about that in another segment, but uh, yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> didn't didn't know there for a minute, but just glad that they're going to play tonight. You only get one of these a year with with uh, with State and Southern. You get two with Ole Miss, so it should be a good one tonight. Let's start with basketball, though, if that's okay. So. I've got this Sunbelt bracket up in front of me, and I know that's the most important thing because that's going to be what gets them into the NCAA tournament. But regardless of what happens in Pensacola, right? In Pensacola? Yep. They get to hang a banner. Two banners, as you told me right before we went on. The women are hanging a banner, too, but they get to hang a banner in the Coliseum, which, tell me this time last year you believed that would have been the case. It's a remarkable Yeah, run. it's... it's- Historic year. We, we talked about Jay Ladder, Joy Lee McNellis today, and it's the first time in Southern Miss history that the men and the women have uh, have won a conference championship in the same year. Women three-way tied it. Men won it outright. Uh, but, but yeah, it's historic. It's only the third time that the men have either won it outright or, uh, or shared a conference championship in, in school history. So, yeah, they'll both play. The women will play uh, win, or, or Friday. Uh, looks like they will play the winner of either Arkansas State or Georgia Southern. They'll play at 5 o'clock. And then the men will play the winner of South Alabama or Appalachian State. They play Thursday. So men play Saturday at 1130. And, uh, you know, kind of ask, you know, Joy Lee and, and Jay today. We'll, we'll just talk about Jay. Um, you know, who do you want to play? And he kind of said, you know, the competitor side of me wants to avenge the 30-point loss we had to South Alabama. But uh, Appalachian State's a team that had uh, kind of gone below expectations this year, but they have NCAA experience. And uh, so, yeah, Southern Miss just have to wait. Um, ladies will head down tomorrow. I think the men head down Thursday. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was going to be a great time in, in uh, Pensacola. And we were hating on Conference USA today. First time in several years that you don't have a ginormous curtain dividing the arena with two games going on at once. So nice to be in one arena with one game going on and, Happy to be in the Sunbelt. Oh, that'll be great. Uh, just like the media days, the side-by-side from Sunbelt Media Days in New Orleans versus what CUSA did last year, which was just like a, a picnic table and, and the little DSLR camera in a closet or something. But anyway, that's just the, the kind of the difference in a big deal. But how did this happen? And obviously that, that's a question framed, it sounds negative, but obviously, like, how did this happen? How did they go from one conference win last year to, to this and winning the conference, winning 14 conference games? How did that happen? You know, Jay Lander got named Sunbelt Coach of the Year, and, and it's because in year four he won more than he won in years one, two, and three combined. He showed the group of five how to flip a roster. 
And it, it really went around one guy. He went out and got an assistant coach, Juan Cardona, who on the Eagle Hour before the season started straight up said, we're going to win the league this year. And we all kind of were like, okay, that's bold. And uh, he was you know, accurate with it. But when he came over from Mercer, he brought, uh, he brought Felipe Hase and he brought Alvarez. He brought another guy. There's four guys on the roster that played under Cardona when he was a high school coach at Miami Christian. And so what Jay Ladner did, not only uh, he, he, he flipped the roster, he brought in guys that could play. He got Crowley. You know, Nick Williams came down from Northwest Community College. So he, he got coaches and he got players. And rather than, you know, complaining about the, the portal, complaining about what group of five guys face, he just went out and worked his tail off because Jay knew that if, if it didn't happen this year, he wasn't going to be the coach at Southern Miss anymore. And so I think if they win two more games – it's, it will it will be the greatest turnaround in NCAA history. I saw that on Twitter. I could be wrong on that, but it's somewhere. Wow. Uh, I, I think uh, Arkansas did something comparable in twenty one and twenty two. Um, but yeah, this is it, it's it's aiming up there for one of the greatest turnarounds in Southern or in, in NCAA history. You mentioned Crowley. He's one of the three finalists for the uh, the Howell Award, which will be uh, given out uh, very shortly. Make your case for him to to be the top basketball player in the state. You know, I haven't really watched the others, so I can only just speak from 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 Crowley. He's a guy that wanted a wanted a spot to play. I've talked about you guys. You know how 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 he got loose in Oxford, and and the coaches up there tried to help him. I would just simply say that Crowley is a guy who's very clutch, um, and. He is, he is a guy that has, has really carried this team. Hase started out, man, kind of the, the, the weapon. And around the Appalachian State Conference game, people keyed in on him and, and figured him out. And, and Crowley just had to take over. Um, and, and he and Peyton carried, you know, carried the team down the stretch. But he's a guy that um, it's been fun after games to watch him interact. They started doing something really cool. Jay talked about it today. Just kind of um, – kind of organically happened after one game probably early in the season they just ran up in the stands and started thanking um fans for coming and as the crowds got bigger and bigger they started you know interacting more but he he is a he is a guy that who he is on the court has really transpired off the court as well you see him interacting with with uh with kids there'll be people that bring those guys cupcakes and brownies after but you know you look at what he's done he's the, he's the Sunbelt newcomer of the year he got uh, he got awarded that um, yesterday, and as well as he's the first team all, all conference. So I, I would just simply say, when people watch, he's a, he's a tremendous shooter. At the same time, when Alvarez was out, he had to double sometimes, you know, help Mo Arnold in the point position. So some of the some of the year, he kind of you know actually played out of position a little bit. And when Alvarez came back, was able to help Mo Arnold. He was able really to be that number two two shooter. Let's switch gears and, and over to uh, to Pearl tonight for Mississippi State USM big baseball game. Uh, obviously for for both sides. I, the thing I said in the previous segment was I was really surprised at how poor Southern's pitching was this past weekend. You know, I thought that was really going to be the strength of that team, and and they and they gave up a lot of runs. Is that something that you you, you watch those games? And you think okay, that's something they can correct, or are you worried about this staff uh, long term? Well, I mean, they look good against Liberty. And some of the same guys, like Carl Sibley was lights out against Liberty and then against Illinois, you know, gave up four runs. And it was just a lot of young guys with inexperience. And so I think 
you know, I think you're going to get that. I think that this bullpen has great potential, and yet, you know, there's a lot of youth there. And uh, you, you saw what happened to Tanner, you know, gave up a big ball and, and ended up uh, giving up five. I, I wasn't – the discrepancy – So it was not only the, uh, the runs, but, I mean, they walked like 23 people. And when you look at what Southern Miss did, I think they walked like 180 all of last year, and you walked 23 in a series. So that was a lot of it. And then they left over 40 guys on base. So, you know, if they would have knocked some of those runs in, games one and games three would have looked a lot more like game two. So they're still batting 277 as a team. Um, they haven't hit very many home runs. So uh, they're going to have to double it. Uh, but, but state tonight, both teams are getting lefties. Um, that's a, you know, Southern didn't get very many runs out of lefties, you know, against Liberty. So, so tonight, I mean, against Mississippi State's pitching, Eagles offensively have to take care of it. Uh, when when they get opportunities, but they cannot walk people. That's what got them in trouble uh, against Illinois. What an important stretch, too, for Southern Miss. You, you have uh, an RPI opportunity tonight, and then Dallas Baptist comes to your place. They're undefeated, usually almost always a very solid, good team. Weird weather out there last year, got beat last year. And then you turn around and play Ole Miss. So these are five games uh, that, that can really jumpstart if this team is capable of it, which most people think that they are, Scott Barry's teams are almost always capable of it. But if you're going to host, if you're going to get in that conversation, these next five games are important for that. Yeah, and, and so looking at it, you had said, you know, Illinois would have been the one that you could at least win. You may not sweep, and then, you know, you get beat in that series. So, yeah, I mean, Eagles have something to prove right now. Still five and, you know, still five and two. Um, but an opportunity um, for them to, uh, to, to make some noise, hopefully – you know, may see Tate Parker, see what, what happens to him uh, this weekend. And Reese Ewing's, you know, filling in well for him. I'll be I'll be interested to see how Edsel does tonight uh, against uh, State's pitching and against Dallas Baptist pitching and, and then Ole Miss. Um, he's a guy, man, I think he's just going to be absolutely phenomenal as the season goes on. And for Southern Miss, I mean, you might as well start like this because the Sun Belt is going to be just phenomenal once once conference season gets here. Luke, thank you so much for your time, man. We appreciate it. And uh, I guess you're not making the trip to the park because I, I don't see a baseball field in the background. So hopefully you'll be able to watch it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, hopefully I'll be able to watch it. Got a little schoolwork got to do today. Appreciate you guys wearing your black today in honor of Southern Miss. Yes, see sir. That. Appreciate that. Yes, sir. We'll see you soon, buddy. We stay right, together. Thanks. As Luke Johnson of the Super Talk Eagle Hour joining us on the From Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. So if you don't know what we're talking about, by the way, it was kind of a mess, and Haydad and I got in, not in trouble, but people were questioning our sourcing, which yesterday was accurate, this morning was not, and then today was accurate again. So we'll get into that when we come back. said repeatedly on this show that you could watch the game between Mississippi State and Southern Miss tonight. And then this morning, we were wrong. But we weren't. And I jokingly said sources earlier. They straight up said 
that the game is going to be broadcast on SEC Network Plus yesterday. We didn't have to dig for that. It was like, yeah, hey, game, SEC Network Plus. And then this morning it was like, wait, hold on, maybe not. There were some hang-ups or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now you are, we're good. Game's going to be on. Like, I can go home and watch it tonight. That's what they're telling us. That So they being, like, official people involved are saying you can watch the game tonight on the streaming platform on Watch ESPN and the SEC Network Plus. Chris Harris, who is the broadcaster for the, the Mississippi Braves, says he'll be on the call tonight on SEC Network Plus. Big thanks to both schools and Spectrum for allowing the Braves to use the regular minor league baseball.tv broadcast feed for fans who can't attend. So, according to the guy who's on the call, this game is on television. So you can't blame us. That's Yeah, that's correct. We are simply relaying information. If he is wrong, that's on him. And you will direct all your venom and vitriol towards him. Not us. Not us. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. Expect the call to be a good one, by the way. The, the Mississippi Braves just churn out like just objectively good broadcasters. So you're probably, without knowing him, never met him, you're probably going to get a good one because they just have the history of that. So I'm speaking highly of a guy I've never met. He could be the worst, and I'm just gassing him up yeah. right before. <laughs> could literally be, you know, boom goes the dynamite guy. and you, But you have set him up as, you know, the next Vin Scully over there. I'm sure he's great though. I but yeah, I, I don't I don't know him. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. Yeah, I'm glad they finally figured that out because that's it's, it's a yearly gripe for me. It's just how, how you can't have the with the technology that we have now. And I was I was worried about it because last year was the same thing. They said they were going to broadcast the game and they didn't. They even had the they had the link and everything. Yeah, but we get it. So lucky us. Yeah. Yes. Now we'll see if the Governor's Cup gets the same treatment. I don't know. Who knows? I would love to go. I I wish I could. Got to do something with the little guy tonight. It's right in my backyard. I am so looking forward to taking him to baseball games for the first time. He's got about a good 30 seconds of, oh, there's baseball, and we'll watch it before he's like, wait, trains are cooler? Let me go play with my trains? So that's good. And... I'm curious to see what it's going to be like when the baseball is actually in front of him and we've got popcorn and all the sugary stuff that his mom doesn't want him eating. Some peanuts and Cracker Jacks? Yeah. I don't care if I ever get back. There you go. Which, what does that line mean? I don't care if I ever get back. Like, get back to the ballpark or get back home? I think think they're saying if I, uh, they don't care that if I ever go back to work. Okay. Yeah. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. I don't care if I ever get back. Like, I'm staying at the ballpark is what that that is saying, I think. Have we heard what the heck is up with Dish Network? Haven't been able to watch any of the games this weekend. Without knowing, my guess is another carriage dispute because they're always in those. Always. And that's just kind of what happens. C Spire TV is a good option, though, for for what it's worth. Check that out. You'd be surprised at the uh, the channel listings that they offer. Yeah, you so. got better options. We have soft hands. Do I? What does that mean? I don't know what's going on I, here. I I don't know what to do with my hands. That 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 reads like an insult. We have soft hands. 
But what does it mean? But if you're an athlete and you have soft hands, that's a good thing. Yeah. So are you complimenting me? Soft hands on being able to like consistently catch things, or are you questioning my masculinity? Which one is it? Don't don't know know how to reply to that. What does it say here? It says TikTok. Look it up. I will. Speaking of TikTok, I can't look at TikToks while I'm on on the on the radio. I mean, I guess you could. You watch Chelsea. That's different. I have to mute that. TikTok is more audio. I gotta like listen, you know. We we get another watch TikToks. Affirming message for Chris Harris, by the way. Said I worked for the Embraves right out of college, and Chris Harris is great. Well, well, good. So it's not just going to be my fault if he stinks. But <laughs> oh man, anyway. I'm not too worried. I think he'll, I think it'll be a good. T- and of course, if 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 you don't like it, if you don't like Chris Harris for some odd reason, you can always sync the broadcast and listen to Jim Ellis or listen to. To uh oh gosh, John Cox. I couldn't think of his name there for a second. And uh you'll be good to go. Yeah. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. We've got basketball tonight, we've got baseball tonight. Uh game in Oxford's gonna start here in like fifty five seconds. Uh Ole Miss and Louisiana Tech. They've got pitching issues. We'll talk about that some this afternoon. I'm gonna read this column to you that I cannot wait for you guys to hear. I can't wait for Haydad to, to hear this. It's so funny. And we've learned some of Tennessee football's NCAA sanctions. We'll tell you what those are later as well. Busy show. One hour down, two to go. We'll be right back. Oxford in the 4 o'clock hour is underway with you. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. It's Sports Talk Mississippi. It is great to be with you on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon across the state of Mississippi. Glad that you guys are with us. JT Quinn on the mound for Ole Miss. What an interesting... I think what's funny, when you talk about Ole Miss and State, and even you'd lose Southern Miss into this as well, Although, I don't know if there's the offensive firepower there that there is in Oxford and in Starkville. But similar issues. You don't know what you have yet on the mound. Especially at Ole Miss. It was interesting when we talked to Mike Bianco yesterday. You know, asked him what your plans are with pitching because you've got all these games here. What is it? Is it eight games in ten days? Isn't that right? Three. Oh, that's correct, yes. Yeah, eight games yeah. in ten days. And what are you going to do? And his answer for today was Quinn... Uh, the the freshman who's got good stuff uh, battled for a spot on the weekend, just couldn't win out. He's pitching midweek. For tomorrow, he's like, I don't know. Basically, he was, I'll just kind of figure it out when the time comes because I don't know. That's fascinating. And, and I saw a lot of criticism, and not a lot actually, but I saw criticism from Ole Miss fans about leaving Rivas in over the weekend in one batter too long. And I thought, He's got to figure out what he has. And so you might see some of that over the next few days. You might see some of that this weekend where he's got a guy that's getting beat up a little bit and he's going to leave him in longer. 
just to kind of figure out, you know, what what's their mental makeup like? Can they work through stuff like this? He's got to figure out what he has and how long they can go and, and everything. I mean, it, it's because Elliott's out and you've got to move Doherty to a weekend starting role and you've got two more, aside from Elliott, pitchers that you can't use right now that are reliable arms, or at least that you thought were reliable arms going into the season before they got hurt, of course. He didn't know. So there, there might be situations where he's going to let a guy work through some stuff for a few innings to figure out if he can use him. Because right now there's a bunch of guys that have not proven anything on this team. So it's fast. Go ahead. No, you go. Have that. Well, I was say you know it's fun. It's it's fascinating to look at it because all three teams, right? We just sort of mentioned pitching has struggled and they've been able to score runs, but. That you know the pitching is 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 behind, and this is the time of year where that's normally the opposite, right? Normally, it's you know when it's the early weeks, especially when it's cold. It's not it hasn't been super cold yeah. uh, up here, but it's it's you know the pitching is always going to be ahead of the hitting, and then when it warms up in March and April, the batters will start catching up. And here we see through you know eight games, nine games, the teams are hitting the ball well, but the pitching has struggled a little bit. So I don't know if that's a uh, a weather thing or, or or what, but right now, you know, State and Ole Miss especially, it feels like the pit, the hitting is way ahead. Yeah, and the but I, I think the lineups are are, are going to continue hitting. Now, is Ole Miss going to score eighteen runs every Sunday? No, uh, of course not. I mean, is, is State's offense going to do what they did to Arizona State to everybody? No. Are they going to run into arms in the SEC that just are are unhittable? Uh, sure. Because that's what happens, but I think there's enough guys, especially with, with Ole Miss. Despite losing like Elko and Graham, you've got a bunch of dudes that have played a lot of baseball, either for you or at the Division One level. You know, your your new center fielder is not a freshman. I mean, it's a guy that hit 400 at the division at the AAC level last year. You know, so it's it's not like you've got a bunch of freshmen out there in this lineup. You know, it's going to keep hitting. It's can you keep enough runs off the board? especially on nights where your offense doesn't just blitz out of the gate, uh, to, to matter. Quinn's outing right now and then over the next few weeks is fascinating. I wonder if he might be somebody that you see on weekends. I don't know. But it's a dilemma that b- both Mike Bianco and Chris Limonis are in right now that that screams, I think, or not screams, calls for a little bit of shuffling at times just to kind of figure out what you got. Because what happened on Friday in Starkville can't happen again. It simply can't. Right. And for Ole Miss, you're not going to win many weekends giving up, what was it, nine, six, and eight runs. Nine, six, and eight over the weekend, and they won two of those games. Run ruled one of those games. But that's not going to go down that way in the SEC. Very interesting no. with these two teams right now. No chance of that, yeah. Once we get into SEC play... The offense is going to have to take a little bit of a step back, and so you're going to have to see the pitching take a step up for both of these teams, sort of get where they want to get uh, this year, especially for Mississippi State. You know, like you mentioned, and with Kate Smith, there's been a lot of rumors going around about Kate Smith that he was under the weather on, on Friday. It, that would certainly make a lot of sense, considering that we've seen Kate Smith pitch against quality opponents before, and he has never looked as bad as he did in that game. So maybe that's just a one-off for him. Casey Hunt, though, on the other hand, that you have to be concerned about the way he started this season. Um, in both of his outings, 
on the on uh, on uh, on the weekend, he has not been able to throw strikes, and and that's just not something. You know, if a guy is giving up a lot of hits, if guys are just getting around on him, that's one thing. But when you're putting guys on base, when you're when you're doling out free passes, that's another. And and you just can't have that. And so Casey Hunt, he's got to get it together. State would like to see him become a reliable piece. He's got a lot of talent, but through two weekends, he has not been what Mississippi State envisioned with him coming back from from the major league draft. So that's something uh, to keep an eye on for sure. Real quick, because uh, we keep getting asked about the Ole Miss head coaching basketball search. Kind of bouncing around a little bit. It's just kind of the nature of the beast with all this stuff going on. Adam Zagoria is a guy that covers college basketball for uh, the New York Times and Forbes and all these places. Here's something that he just put out there. Folks need to stop with the Jay Wright or Rick Patino to Ole Miss fantasies. Neither is happening. And I thought, Adam, I interact with Ole Miss fans on a daily basis, both in my personal life and also literally for a living. I have not heard a single person, whether it be a fan or a media colleague, mention those names with any seriousness. Like, definitely, Jay Wright's never been said at all, ever. And most of the time when people bring up Rick Pitino, it's to make a joke about his past transgressions more often than not. You're shutting down things that aren't even really out there or talked about by anybody. I, but I was told Steph Curry wasn't a good shooter. Yeah. That's where we are with this, you know? Just, what's funny about that is, like, if it were, let's say the Kentucky job came open, right? And he wanted to throw those names out for Kentucky. Okay, that, that moves the needle, right? You yeah. get a lot of engagement. Ole Miss basketball fans aren't seeking out Adam Zagoria. I would imagine the average Ole Miss basketball fan doesn't know, and Mississippi State's the same way. I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on Ole Miss. If I said, do you, know, do you follow Adam Zagoria? You know, no, I don't know who that is. I know who it is, but just, you know. I love coaching I'm not searches. quite sure what he's doing there. I, I do. I mean, yeah. and quite frankly, a little inside baseball, because I, I look at every analytic that we have. I, I look at video views and podcast downloads and tweet impressions and every, I, I look at it all to kind of gauge what you guys care about and, and what you're interested in. And, and that's why sometimes, quite frankly, sometimes when we go off topic, there, there's, there's a method to that madness. It's not because... We're just messing around and we're stupid. It's because you guys like it. The the numbers show that. But anyway, you guys want two things out of this show. Really good teams that we can talk about or teams that are so bad we can talk about coaching searches. Those are by far the two most consumed things that we do. I love coaching search season. But when it gets this ridiculous, like I can't help but roll my eyes. Jay Wright. I mean, I've got a better chance at flying to the moon tomorrow than that. And not a single got, person thinks We got possible. somebody on here saying that they are talking about Jay Wright on, on an Ole Miss message board. So, you guys. It's, it feels like there's a source-off happening. You know, we had our source-off a few weeks ago, but it feels like there's one happening on this coaching search because there it seems to be a dividing line of they are going to talk to Chris Beard and Will Wade, and then the other side is they are not going to talk to Chris Beard and Will Wade. So I'm interested to see who's right and who's wrong on that. Uh, I... I know what Richard said on this show, and mm-hmm. and I won't challenge his sourcing. Mine is saying a different thing than than, than his. 
is. That's what I'm saying. We're we're, so, we're having a source off. You and Richard, source off. It, it doesn't mean... Will you be 0-2? You need to bounce back. It doesn't mean that they will hire him, but it's certainly, mm-hmm. it, it, it's certainly something, at least according to people that I've talked to, and also multiple people that cover the team for what it's worth, that they are absolutely considering the possibility and what it would look like and digging deep into his personal life and, and trying to figure out... You know, is this who he is, or is that what he did? Because those. Are... I wonder if he has a connection to the pole assassin. It's very possible. Texas. What a... They were both both in Austin at the same time. What what a place that is. But yeah, um, I don't know if it comes down to the point where they like what they see and they hire him, but it certainly feels as if they are doing their due diligence on on him. That that at least is according to people that I spoke with an hour and a half ago or so. And also people that cover the team. So we uh, we shall see on that. 601-879-4395 is the text line. We'll be back. Source off. It says, I don't think you guys know any more than we do. We're just sitting in front of a computer, and you know it faster. All right. We appreciate you listening nonetheless. I will admit to not knowing very much about the Ole Miss coaching search. I'll be happy to uh, to pass tell you that straight up off the top. Yeah. No, and it, it, with coaching searches, is a lot of stuff. It appears that very little is coming out of Ole Miss because that's how you should conduct coaching searches. So people are having to draw their conclusions in other ways. Uh, I, I reached out to a, a source in Louisville uh, about Chris Mack and what he's like, and apparently Louisville he is, or Louisville, Louisville, the Kentucky version, okay, the Kentucky one. Okay. Yeah, asked him about Chris Mack. Um, Louisville fans would take him back in a heartbeat. As it turns out, they 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 uh, they done messed up when they let him go for protecting his school. That that's the weirdest thing about Chris Mack's termination at Louisville. He had an assistant that he was trying to fire, threatened to ex- like blackmail him in the school if they fired him, and Chris Mack recorded that conversation. So Louisville fired him. He recorded an assistant coach threatening to expose the school. And he recorded that to let the powers that be know, hey, I'm going to fire this guy, and here's why. Listen to this recording. The school's like, okay, you're fired. Weird deal there at Louisville. Objectively, and very they good are, basketball coach. And now they are probably the worst team in a Power 5 league in America. Yeah. Or one of the, the worst. This is Net Louisville. I mean, former you know multiple time national champion, and now they are I, I, on the season. I, do they have more than five wins? They had th- four, right, as of last week. That sounds right because they beat Clemson. Let me, let me let me. They are currently four and twenty-five on the season. Yes, four and twenty-five. 
maybe you shouldn't have fired the guy that was trying to protect your institution from an assistant that was trying to blackmail everybody. I don't, that's just me. I don't know. Very weird deal. But I asked him about, you know, are you hearing anything? Do you have any connections? And apparently Chris Mack is a, a, a pretty private guy that when it comes to stuff like this, uh, if he was tied to the old Miss job, that information wouldn't come from him either. I don't know if he is or isn't. I don't know if Keith Carter is going to go down that road. If I were Keith Carter, I would. I've kind of changed my mind a few times on this, which is how it usually goes. If I were in Keith Carter's shoes, I think Chris Mack would be candidate one for me. I think he would be my 1A. Winning at multiple different stops. Currently doesn't have a job, so I don't know what kind of contract he would command because he's, he's doing TV right now. You can pay more than TV. They get regular tournament appearances at multiple stops, high-level recruiting at multiple stops, but they were better basketball jobs than the one you have. That's a downside. Was completely and totally cleared of any wrongdoing by the NCAA, so there's no issue there. And he got fired from Louisville because, again, he recorded an assistant coach trying to essentially blackmail them, if I understand the story correctly. So I think he's immediately hireable. I think he is scandal-free when it, when you compare him to Chris Beard and then Will Wade, despite their situations being dramatically different. No, re, no resolution yet on Will Wade, and Chris Beard is who is what that is. So no scandal. Tournament appearances, regular tournament appearances at multiple places, high-level recruiter, scandal-free, 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 scandal-free. Yeah. Uh, he would be my 1A if I were Keith Corner. Uh, so I've I've changed my mind like three times on that, um, but yeah, he he I think that's if I could get him, that's where I would go if I were Ole Miss. Feels like that's a a a, a good landing spot too, a Power Five job where you, you, you know your your expectations aren't national championship or bust. You, know, you come in if you can be a, a coach who gets your team to the tournament more often than not, you're going to be a hero there. Um, he's a good recruiter. This is a state that has good 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 prospects year in and year out. Uh, be interesting, Chris versus Chris. Yeah, here in the state of Mississippi. How uh, how about that? One of the announcers apparently for the Ole Miss LSU game said Ole Miss should go after Jay Wright. Yeah, look, I, I mean, if Keith Carter had some downtime and he had Jay Wright's agent's number, <laughs> it's worth the three minute phone call before his agent says thank you, but no thank you. I guess. Yeah. Um, Hey, coach, you, oh, yeah. you, know. you you could get any job in America that you wanted. I mean, and, and I mean jobs yeah. that aren't open. He, he could call Kentucky and say, "Hey, I'm coming." And guess where John Calipari's going? Yeah, literally anywhere else. Off to Texas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, they, they can say that, sure. Uh, that they're, it, you know, if Ole Miss, if Ole Miss were to hire Jay Wright, if they were to pull that off, I would do an entire one of these shows without a shirt on. The whole show. <laughs> what would State have to do to get that? <laughs> Feels like mine should be like mourning. I should be like in sackcloth and ashes. I, you don't know. Nobody wants to see mine. See me like that. Uh, I see. And Bobby, I, I don't know the answer to this. Is Kentucky not a one-party consent state? I believe that Louisville thought that he was also like because they were. They were getting investigated, and the NCAA was going to come down hard on them because of Rick Pitino stuff, and then now you've got your coach doing this. and It it, it, it was very, very weird. 
He didn't break any laws. He didn't get arrested or anything like that. So I assume it is a one-party state like Mississippi. Didn't break any laws. Um, but it's just a, a very odd situation there. It would not be a deterrent for me at all in any way, shape, or form. Again, the NCAA cleared him completely because it, it was like, what was it, a, a recruiting edit video or something like that? And then they had like a, yeah. like a staff, uh, like an analyst that was involved in a practice that he shouldn't have been. And the NCAA statement right. was like, they di- he, he didn't do anything. Like, it's over. So completely and totally cleared uh, w- without any fear of a return trip. So anyway, and I say all that. We, we spent seven minutes on it. I don't even know if he's a candidate or not. I have no idea if he is. He should be. He absolutely should be. But uh, we will see moving forward. There's still kind of a holding pattern. Because you don't know who else he's interested in. Is it Pat Kelsey? That's the other thing is jobs are going to come open at some point. Yeah. You know, not only, you know, jobs where people are firing their coaches, but good coaches are going to, you know, Calipari is going to leave Kentucky, it looks like, at the end of the season, or at least it's possible. When that happens, that's going to set up a, a, a domino effect. A good coach will take the Kentucky job. I would have. I thought it was going to be Nate Oates before all this extra stuff, off the court stuff started happening. But even then, I think they might just go ahead and do that. He, and Oates might be looking to get out, trying to get get away from the uh, the uh, scourge of that. When that happens, Alabama opens up. Well, Alabama is a better job than Ole Miss. So Chris Mack, if he if they're interested in him, would probably take that job. And then it's just there's just going to be a domino effect, just like we had in football. Every time when something when one job opens, another one is closed. And and you eventually you get it all sorted out. So, you know we we've talked we've talked a ton about this coaching search in the last three shows, and in reality it's not going to be resolved in all likelihood until after the NCAA tournament. It may, it may be the first week of April before this gets resolved. So uh, so we shall see. Apparently, uh, Ty Malone just got walked. My feed's a little behind. There he is. He's on second base now. Yeah, Ty Malone in the starting lineup today. Another. Asked, That's interesting. Asked Mike Bianco about it yesterday, and you know Louisiana Tech is no slouch. I mean, this is a really good program where he's get he's getting a start. I, I think that Mike's answer yesterday was was a bit coach speaky, which that's what they do. But essentially, he kind of agreed with the sentiment that you know he's done well. He's a power bat. I need to see what he's got. And gets inserted into the lineup today and apparently walked in his first at-bat. For a guy that doesn't play a lot of baseball and couldn't play his junior and senior season of high school, by the way. Couldn't play his junior or senior year. Junior was COVID, senior he got hurt. And then can't do the fall or summer stuff because of football. He's got pretty impressive plate discipline for a guy that doesn't have that much experience at the plate. So, um, impressive athlete for sure. I've teased it a couple of times. We're, we're going to do this next. There is a column that I saw today from a Clemson-based publication. Not, not. This isn't a message board post. This isn't a fan tweeting. This is a publication. I believe a, like a credentialed Clemson publication that wrote this in response to a video of UCF based A TikTok. A TikTok. From John Rice Plumley was video. behind the camera or behind the phone, where UCF baseball, after sweeping Clemson, ran down the hill in the football stadium like the football team does. And then when they got to the bottom of the hill, they did their team home run celebration. Empty stadium, 
no van, nothing. They just ran down the hill like the football players do. And this was what a Clemson publication wrote about that incident. I cannot wait to read this to you guys. I will do that next. Ole Miss has the bases loaded with two out in the bottom of the second. They have a one to nothing lead. That's your score update. This this column I can't wait to read when we come back. <laughs> Brian Haydad, glad you guys are with us on this Tuesday afternoon. Ole Miss with a two to nothing lead now in the third. Before we get to this column that I love, a quick answer to a question we got on the text line: Why does State and Ole Miss have to get a coach that is overly experienced and expensive? Why not give a coach on his way up a chance? They usually have a lot of drive. That's typically how this would go. That, that is very typically how the Ole Miss basketball head coach opening would go. But this is a unique year where you've got a handful of candidates with a ton of experience, with tournament experience, that currently don't have jobs. And now there's a reason for that. Don't get me wrong. There's a reason that Chris Beard's a possibility. And it's not a good reason. There's a reason Will Wade's a possibility. It's a more palatable reason. He paid players. Big deal. Chris Mack got fired unjustly at Louisville, honestly. So if we're talking in the prism of those three guys, they have proven that they can win and recruit at the highest level. Proven it. And so that's a much safer, if you remove the scandal, that is a much safer option for a place that hasn't won really ever, nine tournament appearances ever, to hire one of those guys because they have proven that they can win as opposed to an up-and-coming guy at a mid-major that's never coached in a tournament game before like Dusty May. You don't know if he can get a staff together. You don't know if he can recruit high-level players. You don't know what he would do in the tournament because he's never played in the tournament before as a coach. So that's why this one is a little bit different. Yeah. Here, here's the thing I want. Something we we need to say. Another thing we need to say that's related to Ole Miss, but not to this coaching search, is because we've had like six people text us. Is that the baseball game is a local broadcast only today? It is because it is going to be on at the same time as basketball. Basketball will always get precedence. It's the same for Mississippi State uh, when they're on the same network. So if you're you're normally if your Super Talk affiliate would have the Ole Miss baseball game on, they will not tonight because the basketball game will get precedence. There you go. All right, I got to read this to you guys. This is come this comes from allclemsontigers.com, the number one source for all things 
Clemson Sports. This is written by Will. So you know it's the good stuff. So you know it's the good stuff. Written by Will Vandervoort. Here is the headline. UCF Baseball owes Clemson Athletics an apology. Here's what he wrote. Clemson baseball coach Eric Bakich said being swept by UCF over the weekend left a very bitter taste in the Tigers' mouth, especially to a team that, quote, is very mouthy in the way that they celebrate, end quote. When you get swept, I guess you give uh, sour grapes quotes like that. Anyway, it continues. The Knights continued their celebration at Memorial Stadium, the football stadium, prior to cleaning up for their flight home to Orlando on Sunday. And though they were, quote, mouthy at Doug Kinsmore Stadium, the baseball stadium, they were disrespectful to one of college football's greatest traditions. A video of UCF players running down Clemson's famed hill made its way around social media Sunday, upsetting the Clemson fan base. It's one thing to go inside Memorial Stadium to look around, and it's okay to perhaps go see Howard's Rock in charge down the hill. But it's another thing doing what the Knights did, and what they did was not okay. (laughs) Prior to the players running down the hill, go back and watch the crude gesture one of them was making right in front of Howard's Rock. I think what he was doing gives us an idea of what the Knights were implying here. Uh Uh-oh. This was not just a group of football fans appreciating a great college football tradition. No, this was a team who was intentionally mocking the tradition. It's players running down a grass hill. Football players just run, run down a grass hill. Anyway, then... When they got to the bottom of the hill, they reenacted their home run celebration. That was not cool. Look, kids are going to be kids. I have no issues with young men having a good time after completing a sweep of a very historical Clemson baseball program. Sorry. Just as funny to me. Um, History there, I guess, is different than history in other places. I get it. It's a very big deal to the UCF baseball program. But the only reason UCF was allowed in Memorial Stadium on Sunday, according to officials, was that they could use the showers in the visitors' locker room. It is a standard practice for the visiting team after a weekend baseball series as they get set to fly or bus home. I'm fine personally with them running down the hill, but they should have been more respectful of Clemson's tradition and appreciate the opportunity. There are thousands and thousands of Clemson graduates and fans that would love to run down the hill at Memorial Stadium, but they likely will never get that opportunity. I've done it. Just go to the stadium. Gates are usually open. Run down the hill. People do it all the time. Sprint down that hill like Dabo. And that is why... Draw as much attention to yourself as you can. And that is why Clemson people are so upset. It's not that they ran down the hill. It's how they did it and what they did. It was a very tasteless display by the Knights. And there's another fan base that does not understand why Clemson fans are upset. Then let's allow UCF players to shame one of your proud traditions. If UCF came to Ole Miss... What is UCF's proud tradition? ...and swept Ole Miss and then went to the Grove and threw a party, that would be funny. (laughs) If UCF... Swept John Rice would be yeah. all over that. If UCF went to Duty Noble and swept them, and they left the stadium ringing cowbells, it's funny. It's it's funny because don't get swept at home if you don't want to. 
Anyway, to make matters worse, <sighs> all Clemson learned. Oh, no. UCF administrators made the trip with the baseball team this weekend. With the Knights going to the Big 12 next year, athletic officials wanted to see how Clemson operates in a Power 5 conference. From what all Clemson was told, Clemson gave them a grand tour of all their facilities, even the ones that are currently under construction. Part of the tour included the baseball facility, which is considered one of the best player facilities in the country. Everybody says that. Anyway... I'm not sure how UCF Athletic Director Terry Mohajer feels about what his baseball team did late Sunday afternoon at Memorial Stadium, but if it was me, I would be very embarrassed. Especially after Clemson opened up their home and was very gracious to UCF. I would make head baseball coach Greg Lovelady apologize to Clemson Athletics for the way his players acted. No school dislikes Clemson more than South Carolina, but not even the Gamecocks have ever disrespected Clemson's running down the hill tradition. Um, South Carolina players waited for Clemson at the bottom of the hill and started a fight when they got there. Right before a game. It's true. It's true. Also, Shane Beamer's kids were running up and down the hill over and over and over again after Shane Beamer beat you at, at Clemson last last year. That was not cool, UCF. You owe Clemson an apology. Well, they're not going to get that apology. I don't think. Goodness gracious, that is. You want to know? This is one of my least favorite words, and, and, and I'm, I'm part of the reason this this word is blurred out on six pack. But uh, butt hurt. That's what that yes. that is right there. I don't like that that term because it's just it gets overused a lot. But that's what that is. A hundred percent right there. Like that is a grown man sat down and wrote that. That's incredible to me. So, and by the way, that grown man cheers for a grown man who sprints down that thing every Saturday during the fall when uh when his team is, you know, lagging behind him. And you know, says things like we build our program on the name, image and likeness of Jesus. Hunter says it's a Goodness rock gracious. in a hill. Holy Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, it's cool. I've been there. It's a great entrance. It goes to show you, though, that there are people that think that their traditions that they love are some kind of sacred Sacred. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody else's traditions are crap. Yes. Yeah. Like, so now what I do is if I was US, UCF is I would say, no, no, this is our tradition. We go to other schools, and when we sweep them, we crap on their traditions. Yes. So anybody, <laughs> if we go to anywhere... And we sweep you in your home. We're going to your football stadium, and we're gonna we're gonna poo poo all over everything you do. Dwayne says we go to Alabama. Yeah. We're going we're going to the the, the quad, and we are just gonna, Bring we're gonna Denny ruin Chimes, it, man. Yeah, we go to Georgia. We're gonna go ring that bell that they've got. We're gonna walk right under the arch. Nothing you can do to stop us. If we go to Texas A&M, we're going to step on the we're grass. We're walking on the grass. We're going to walk all over that grass. We're going to walk even harder on the grass. <laughs> they sound like A&M. Very, very similar vibes, honestly, from Clemson fans and A&M fans. Very similar. They're, they're yeah. class ring people, too. And the, we're they, to West Virginia, we're going to marry all of our sisters. If you don't want them to dance, don't play music. That's right. Whoever wrote that has soft hands. I have an idea. Don't get swept. <laughs> That's going to be our That's new thing, isn't right. it? Soft hands. Soft hands. We're going to have some soft hands. I can't wait for Richard to come back here. The first time we're like, Richard, you have soft hands is what your problem is. He's going to look at it. 
<laughs> he's gonna look down, he's like, what are y'all talking about? I don't get it. Yeah. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. We'll be back. Trivia question. It's a little random, right. and you were given no heads up. NFL quarterback trivia. So Carson okay. Wentz was released by the Washington Football Commanders. He was their twelfth starting quarterback, or one of twelve starting quarterbacks since 2018 for that team. How many can okay. you name? Name them as best you can. There's 12 of them since 2018. Can you name Taylor Heineke? Heineke's no, uh, he's one. Uh, Gave you Wentz. That's a free space. Yeah. Since 2018. Since 2018. Uh, there's 10 more. Colt McCoy has started a game for them. Colt hadn't he? McCoy. There's another one. So you got nine more. Um. It's, RG3 wouldn't be in 2018. He would not. Would it? Okay. Um, gosh. You ready for this list? I want to, I want to try to think, try to think of like one more. i, I got to be able to get one more. There's, there's a couple, I think, that you're going to kick yourself for not remembering. Yeah, that are like veteran guys. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Taylor Heineke, Alex Smith. Dwayne Haskins. Oh, yeah. yeah. May he rest in peace. Dang it. I, I, I was thinking Cardell Jones. Yeah. I knew it was an Ohio State quarterback. Yeah. Dwayne Haskins. Uh, tragically yeah. passed too soon. Kyle Allen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Case Keenum. Oh. Sam Howell. Ooh. Because remember, they, uh, they drafted him. And he, he got one yeah. start. Josh Johnson. Oh. Case Keenum. The aforementioned Colt McCoy. Yeah. Mark Sanchez got a start. Garrett Gilbert that. got a start. And Ryan oh. Fitzpatrick got a start. Those are your Fitzma- I should have just guessed Fitzmagic and Josh Johnson because you have like a 48% chance of that being correct. Like they've started for so many teams. Our resident Washington not, sports uh, fan, uh, Kelso, said, I know. Well, there you go, yeah. That's that's an average. Of- I, I have a friend down there in the capital city who's a big Reds- or big Commanders fan now. He was a, a Redskins fan before. And, uh, yeah, he, he could have listed all those without. And he would have been angry the whole time. He would have been like, and this guy sucks so bad. Let me tell you, I hated him. It's an average of three different starting quarterbacks a season. Over four seasons. Yeah. What a train wreck. That's why you're not that's why that franchise hasn't been good. 
Did you see the news today? But to say, I need to find out, like, if I put a Super Talk logo on my car, how much is, are y'all going to pay me? I wouldn't do that. I, you know, we have the uh, Super Talk truck with the wrap. That's just, uh, yeah. I'll drive that thing all around town. But I'd rather get, like, a, I, I want to get a wrap that has our pictures on it. Like the Sports Talk Mississippi Mobile with me, you, and uh, and Richard how, on my on the trunk. How can we get that done? Because I've got some sun damage on my hood that uh, instead of paying to replace I it, I could just get... I don't need... In case you're wondering what we're talking about, we found out today that Daniel Snyder charged his own NFL team $4.5 million a year to put their logo on his private plane and called it advertising. If you ever wonder, you know, hey, what's the most... You know, Wavo's thing someone's ever said. That's up there. That's up there. It took some. It took some courage to come up with that idea, and he did. But yeah, like I want to put a Sports Talk Mississippi wrap on my car. I don't need four point five million. I'll do it for like a couple hundred a month. Yeah, I'll take even less than that at this point. Again, I got sun damage on my hood. I got to fix that. I think you would just take if, if every time you filled up gas, it was just yes, absolutely, you know, on the house, one hundred percent. You just take that, yeah, yeah. It's speaking, not worth it for me because I, I I drive such a small car. Speaking of that, uh, we will be driving to the Pearl River Resort for the first Friday of mm-hmm. March Madness. Yes, the seventeenth, yes. right? March seventeenth. We will we will be live in Philadelphia for that one. So that that that's always a fun one. Uh, over under. I gotta get there on Thursday though. I gotta get there Thursday. I'm gonna make a bet on. So I need to get there on Thursday. Yeah, I'm gonna make the same bet I features? made. Two years, I'm going to bet the same thing I did, the money line on all four 12 seeds to win. And if one of them wins, which they always do, at least one of them always wins, you make your money back and then anything else is just gravy. That happened last year. Like, you won that, right? Two years ago when we were there. We weren't there last year. That's right. So, yeah, 2021. Uh, yes, one of the. I only got one, but it was enough to pay for all of the rest of the bets. And I think I made like five bucks. Nice. Worked out. Yeah. If, if, if two of them had won, I'd have been really happy. College Football Fix is coming your way next. Uh, the ridiculousness of the Tennessee saga when we come back. We know some penalties, not all. But we also know why Alabama ended up hiring Kevin Steele. We'll explain when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi. First two, I'm Michael Vorkies, Brian Haydad. It's great to be with you guys on this Tuesday afternoon. Again, busy, busy sports day. Got basketball. Mississippi State basketball hosting South Carolina. Just got to win it. Just have to win it. Ole Miss hosting Texas A&M. The Barstool Storm Chasers are, are apparently in Oxford tonight. I don't think you're going to get it, even if they win, Barstool guys, unless you just wanted to hang out and go to a basketball game and like oh. hang out at Funkies or something. You're, you, I don't think you're going to get court storming tonight, fellas. Well, with my guess on the crowd at that game, it'd be more of a court sprinkle. Yeah, 
they, they're even if they win, they're not storming the court. But enjoy your nah. stay, I, I guess. You know, have have fun. But they're gonna win. You want to know why? Why? Because win can't lose. Win can't lose. What a great shirt that would be had had he. I wish this guy could get the. I know he can't. I know he's not going to. But him getting the permanent job. I mean, I you could you would make a mint on T-shirts. You thought oh the coach. Sold sold merchandise. You thought that moved gear? Win can't lose moves gear. That would have. Four. It, it would, 100%. 4 nothing. Ole Miss in the top of the fifth. That's going on right now against Louisiana Tech. That'll, that'll be a good win for, for Ole Miss, I mean, assuming they hold on. Because Louisiana Tech year in year, I mean, they hosted, what, two years ago? They did. Uh, I mean, that, that's, that's a good baseball program that Lane Burroughs has down there, so. Yeah, that's somebody that that's going to get that next opportunity. He'll get his. Soon. He's got a job coming at some point. Yeah, I would agree. And then Mississippi State Southern Miss in baseball here in about fifty one and a half minutes from uh, from right now there in Pearl. But not fifty two, not fifty. Fifty one and a half. Fifty one and a half. Yeah. But it's time for the college football fix. Driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. When you're not watching baseball or basketball or the XFL or the USFL, there's a lot of sports this time of year. But when you're not, go to one of, one of your local Mississippi Ford dealers and test drive an F-150. You'll see why it's been the best-selling truck in America for almost five decades. It's a college football fix driven by Ford. So, some clarity. People have been wondering, you know, when's Tennessee going to get their punishment from the NCAA? We have some clarity. Not all, but some. Four assistants that were involved in the scandal, if you want to call giving players money a scandal, uh, have received show causes reporting, uh, or Ross Dellinger reported earlier today, Multi-year show causes for all of them, which doesn't matter because not a single one of them is still in college coaching. One is out of the business completely. One's uh, two are at the high school level. One's at the NFL level. So it doesn't really impact them at all. Their former inside and outside linebackers coaches, director of player personnel, and student assistant are all receiving three- to five-year show calls penalties. That is only half the verdict, I guess you can call it. Those guys essentially reached a deal. Jeremy Pruitt still is disputing some things, and they still haven't resolved his side of it yet, which is why, connecting some dots here, he's not the current defensive coordinator at Alabama. Nick Saban wanted to hire him. Nick Saban could not hire him because you don't know what his punishment's going to be, and clearly he couldn't find that information out, or... It's going to be a show cause for him as well. But that is unresolved. Here's the ridiculousness of it all, though. This really encapsulates college sports beautifully, right? Jeremy Pruitt, yes, was very stupid. He and his wife were making car payments and rent payments and were kind of brazen about it. Not very smart. But the NCAA found and alleges they gave... $60,000 in total worth of benefits that were impermissible, right? 60K over a multi-year span. 
Tennessee has a quarterback now on their roster that signed a, quote, NIL deal, end quote, for 120 times that number. Think about that. Not 120,000, not 20 times, 120 times more than that. And nothing will happen to him. It is celebrated. Jeremy Pruitt is out of a job for 60K. But a 17-year-old quarterback signed a deal for 120 times more money. And it's all good. How, how absurd this. is that, that notion, I, though? I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. You say this a lot. You always, you know, you bring this point up, but it's legal now. It's all. I agree. I agree it's legal now. But it wasn't legal then. And, you know, like right now the rules are we can't just drop the F-bomb on the air. Can't do it. If they change that law tomorrow and we can drop the F-bomb on the air, A, well, I'm going to do it. But B, you can't look back at people who did it and got in trouble and say, well, now it's like, what's illegal then is illegal then. And they knew the rules, and they brazenly broke them to the point where a coach's wife was handing out money. She's a I got no problem with these. Is. I'll give you, you know, she's a loyal woman. I'll give her that. You know, a lot, a lot of guys would be like, "Man, I wish my wife, my, my wife, won't even support me when I'm doing this." This woman's out there passing out cash. She's balancing the checkbook. Like, honey, how much should we give that defensive tackle? So I'm just saying, though, at the time it was illegal. You got to, you got to pay the piper. Yeah, he's paying the piper years later. But... Now, now, if you want to ask, tell me that it was absurd for it to be illegal at the time, I can get behind you. I'll get behind you on that. I, I support you. But they do have to have some sort of punishment. You can't just say, well, it used to be, you know, illegal. Chick-fil-A always delivers, by the way. O always all reliable Chick-fil-A. Could you imagine if they got, like, the order wrong? And you were just, like, so, like a mother of three. I, I'm you in the, the car bag. behind yeah. Pruitt's wife and, like, all right. Brian, you had a spicy chicken sandwich and a Coke Zero? Yes, that's me. Thank you. Drive off like, what the heck? And I was like 50 grand in there. Like, <laughs> you know, normally I'd complain, but not today. Uh, that's Chick fil A for you. My pleasure. Meanwhile, like, she just, Miss Pruitt just goes and hands, like, here you go. And he opens up, like, what's this? It's a spicy chicken sandwich. Yeah, but that's still like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd, no! side with, I'd side with Tennessee if, if Mrs. Pruitt kept giving me free spicy chicken sandwiches from Chick fil A, though. I do like a spicy chicken sandwich. Yeah. If she gave me a spice, she could bring back the spicy chicken biscuit. I would be all, I might, I might even wear, be willing to wear those orange checkered uh, overalls. Yeah, how do you get rid of those? How do you do that? What is wrong with you? You have the spicy chicken. They still sell the spicy chicken sandwich. Slap it Just put it on a biscuit for me. You're the, preaching to the choir at this point. Those those people. Chick-fil-A. Here's a question from Hal. Said if, he said, if weed is made legal on federal level, prisoners of weed charges would be released. Correct? I don't know the answer to that, as I'm not a lawyer or, or a police officer. My guess is that there would have to be some sort of agreement from the governors or the you know the senators or whoever who handles that kind of thing where they agree to like uh redact the charges or something i don't know the answer to that though 
Like, I, I don't think if they made, you know, just as an extreme example, if they made murder illegal tomorrow, they would just, you know, go into parchment and be like, hey, who's here on a murder charge? You're out. I don't think that would happen. Yeah, my opinion on that uh, versus what would happen might be different. Because I, I would, yeah. anyway. Gallo at six tomorrow. Stephen Batesville Batesville oh, are we talking about a are we are we talking about a marijuana? Uh, we are. Did you see the tweet by the way about Mr. Gallo from uh, the Crystal Method? Yes. I don't know if you guys saw it. It said he said he was hoping he was wishing that Pico Cone, Pico Con uh, Mississippi State pitcher would be uh, uh, adopted by Paul Gallo so that he would be Pico de, Guy, de Gallo. That's just hilarious. <laughs> Who thinks of that? Uh, people with too much time on their hands, maybe. Oh, man. That guy's a funny Twitter follow if you don't follow him. Steve in baseball says nobody cares about basketball. Don't conflate nobody, or you not caring with nobody caring, because I feel uh, like the crowd in say, Starkville cares a lot, and the crowd in Hattiesburg cares a lot. Yeah. A big portion of the state. Today's bracketology uh, update, uh, which we haven't talked about, but... Uh, had three Mississippi teams in the field of 68. State State had dropped back to the by the the, the six you know the uh, the by games the playing games, but he was predicting Southern as the automatic qualifier out of the Sun Belt, and he was predicting Alcorn State as the automatic qualifier out of the SWAC. How awesome would that be? And get three three teams that would be great. Three teams yeah. in March Madness from a state. So, somebody else on this show really said nobody. So it said something like basketball was dead one time and. I tried to correct him, but he didn't want to listen to me. I don't. I don't remember who that was. We need or to figure if he's on the show today. That was. Although I, I don't. I don't know if he's straight up basketball then. is dead. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. Last time I cut a, a bad or like an old take or cold take is what they call it, right? Of Richards, he he got upset yeah, cold with take, me. Yeah. What, what about Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, that that was. I don't know if I, I can remember do that, that again. Yeah, he he did not like that. I'll do it then. He ain't gonna say nothing to me. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back. and JT Quinn were cruising along until they weren't. Gets the bases loaded, gives up a two-run double at the wall. Just one out still in the fifth. Ole Miss leading 4-2, but his day is done. Uh, again, a good outing until it wasn't, but four really solid innings for the, the young freshman against a, a good lineup. So that's your score update there. In Oxford, if you want to be a part of the conversation, we'd love to have you. 601-879-4395. That's the text line, 601-879-4395. If you want to be a part of the conversation, that's how you do it. We get one message. Saturday was awesome at the hump and the dude. Richard spoke glowingly about the crowds in the atmosphere there, but uh, from your vantage point, what was it like? About the same, you know, and I didn't realize it was 14,000 there for, for baseball. You know, and, maybe, and maybe I'm just, I hate to say that I'm kind of, you know, I'm just used to big crowds at the dude, but I mean, it just felt like a normal 
big Saturday crowd, and then they said fourteen thousand. I was like, man, that's 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 a lot of folks. The crowd in uh, in in the hump definitely late arriving. You know, with like five minutes before tip, I was looking around. I was like, this is kind of embarrassing. But it did fill in really, really nicely, and they were really into the game, especially you know during that defensive stand when State got those couple of steals that turned into breakaway dunks. That place was rocking. Um, I do wish they they had had there, there wasn't one game this year where the place was just packed out, no nowhere to sit, nowhere to go. And I've said it a few times. I, I do, I, and this is not just me wishing I had my old seat back down on the front row of of the court, but. Taking the media and putting them up into the concourse like that, you know, you, you eliminated a few hundred seats. So you'll never have, you know, whatever the record crowd is at the hump is safe because you, you can't have that crowd again. Um, but I, I thought, I think the crowds have been outstanding all year at the hump, you know, surprisingly so, especially you know, a couple of games there during the losing streak that you thought, okay, people might just be like, all right, I'm not going to show up. They showed up all year. I thought, I thought the crowds were outstanding. And uh, I think Chris Jans has, has been very appreciative of that. It's almost as if you only have to be competitive uh, to get people around here to, to show up and, and participate. Something that I've been saying for so long is that w- when you claim that Mississippi won't support basketball, you are wrong. It doesn't even have to be great. State State is in year one. What, did they lose seven straight? Uh, they lost six of seven. Six of seven. So not seven yeah. straight, six of seven. Well, I'm sorry, it, they lost seven of eight. Seven of eight. I forgot they lost their last non-conference game. That's right, to uh, Drake all by himself. To Drake, yes. Um, but it's, I mean, it's a good story. It's not a good, it's not a great team, but they're competitive. That's all people have asked for. Just be competitive, be relevant, be playing games that have tournament implications, and we'll show. It's all we ask for. And, and look. So this idea that, oh, well, we're so good at baseball, just Ignore basketball, punt basketball, cut cost, whatever. It doesn't matter. Not true. It's just not true. We see it too often uh, for that to be a realistic thought. Speaking of unrealistic thoughts, so it's it's Combine Week. I don't know if you guys knew that, but it is Combine Week. We did get some news. Zach Evans will not be uh, working out. He'll do the interviews and all that. Has a very minor hamstring injury uh, that he said... Uh, he'll, he'll nurse it and go through Ole Miss Pro Day and do all the workouts and stuff there, but he'll be at the Combine. Just You're not going to see him run the 40 this week. Uh, other than that, I think everybody else uh, from here is good to go. What's I, I find it ridiculous is the quarterback stuff, and we talked about it a lot before, but now news is coming out about Bryce Young. So Todd McShay reporting that Bryce Young, despite being listed on the Alabama website at six foot even, is actually five ten and a half. With that, that'll be his official height, which is going to be weird, by the way, if that's not his official height. Reporting that he is that specifically five ten and a half, and then him not being that would be very weird from a journalistic perspective. Like getting that wrong is weird, but either way, apparently Bryce Young. Heisman Trophy winning Bryce Young, that is a magician, that has great escapability, that has a rocket arm, who's accurate, who's tough, but my gosh, he's 5'10 and a half and 200 pounds, and that is allegedly or reportedly scaring NFL teams because of his size. Anthony Richards threw like as many interceptions as he did touchdowns. That's not scaring anybody, though. No. 
Anthony Richardson, I'm sorry. That's the part I Shout out get, to man. our friend, by the way. Shout out to our friend Barrett Sully. I know he takes a lot of heat on this program because Ole Miss and State fans hate him equally. But he wrote he had, he put out his top ten quarterbacks in the NFL draft. He had Levis tenth and Richardson unranked. That's the kind of courage we need. Yes. And people were like, this guy's an idiot, this guy's an idiot. I just want to be like, this guy watched all their games. He watched every game Florida and Kentucky played last year, and he's saying to, to your face, neither one of these guys should be the first in a first-round pick. Neither one of them should be. At some point, what you do on film has to matter. What Bryce Young has done on film has to matter. I just, yeah. The, the, the further we get away from games, the better Will Levis and Anthony Richardson become. And, and it's like... Uh, all these draft guys or, or these NFL analysts are, are watching film, and they'll have like a Will Levis game up, and they'll they'll share this video, and this is why Will Levis is an elite prospect, and they'll show one throw where his big arm makes a throw. And I just I want to say, put on the Vanderbilt game, and, and tell me why that guy should play in the NFL. Will Levis and Anthony Richardson both. Lost to Vanderbilt this year. Both of them. One of one of them at home. But because Bryce Young, his eyes are, are this much lower than the other two guys. Despite the arm strength, the accuracy, the character. And that doesn't that's not to say that Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are bad guys. I'm not saying that, but Bryce Young checks every single box, makes all the throws, elite player in big time games, escapability, keeps his eyes down the field. Really good athlete, really good teammate in person. But because he's not 6'2", I'm scared of him. But Anthony Richardson, with all of that talent and that size and that arm talent and that speed, loses to Vanderbilt. And, oh, it's fine. That's fine. Because when he gets drafted in the NFL next year... Will Levis, same thing. Yes. Will Levis is not the athlete that Anthony Richardson is. Has never been accurate. Turns the ball over too much. So that guy, who couldn't beat Vanderbilt at home, not a good Ole Miss defense, by the way, made him look pedestrian at best. So so these guys that, that couldn't look good in the SEC are going to get picked by the Colts, and they're going to play the Titans with that defensive line. I mean, just the Tennessee Titans. Not a, not a great team, very solid defensive football team. And Vanderbilt, Gave these guys fits and made them look weak. But the Titans aren't? That's what just blows my mind. They were on better teams than teams that they lost to. They had better talent than teams that made them look bad. Bryce Young, I know he's he's got all the Alabama players around him. Bryce Young has never once looked like anything but a high-level quarterback. Always. Even through injury, he's always looked like that. But one throw in one game where they completed 50% of their passes and threw two picks is why, and I don't get it. And then you say, this year's class was great. Last year's quarterback class was terrible. Kenny Pickett wouldn't have lost to Vanderbilt at home. There's no way a Kenny Pickett-led team would have lost to Vanderbilt. Put Kenny Pickett on that Kentucky team, they don't lose to Vanderbilt. But but he sucks, and Levis is the, the prospect that you can't miss on. Pickett falls to 20, but Levis is ascending to number three. Explain that. It, it happens every year. 
But this year, it, it seems to be happening more than it ever has because you have two of them. There's always usually one, right? One guy, Zach Wilson, yeah. two years ago. You know what? He threw a great pass in you know shorts and a t-shirt. Take him number two. Well, how did that work out for the Jets? They're they're in the Derek Carr sweepstakes now. <laughs> but now we have two of these guys. We have Levis and Richardson. And either you and I are both wrong, and those guys are going to be elite talents, or a whole front office and coaching staff are going to lose their jobs yeah. in three or four years. So either we'll just go, either we we have to come on the show and be like, hey, you know what? We were wrong about Will Levis. That's our that's that's how it goes if we're wrong. If the other guys are wrong, it's here's my resume. Let yeah. me update it because I don't get to work. I don't get to work for the Texans or the Colts or whoever anymore. I hope the Falcons take them. I hope so too. Falcons and Panthers. That's that's just, those need to be picks. And this exact conversation is why, and we'll get to this when we come back. That the people that are that are begging the Saints to tank, to to trade off a bunch of guys, get rid of Caleb Williams, get get rid of Demario Davis, get rid of all these guys. Don't go for Derek Carr. Play Dalton again. Lose seventeen games. Are so wrong. And we'll talk about that. And more when we come back. By the way, 5-4 to four now, Louisiana Tech leading over Ole Miss. Ooh. A three-run, two-out home run has given the Bulldogs a lead in Oxford. We'll be back. Mercifully came to an end for Ole Miss, a five spot for Louisiana Tech. They have five runs on four hits. And Ole Miss has four runs on nine hits, and they have left eight guys on base. So just baseball sometimes. We'll see if they can close it out. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. 601-879-4395 is the text line. You want to be a part of the show. That's how you do it. I want to continue that conversation from earlier, though. We want to talk about Derek Carr for a while on this show. And we just haven't because a lot of stuff's going on. Sure, sure, sure. So the Saints are having another meeting with Derek Carr at the Combine this week in Indy. That's their second meeting. That's good. Nick Underhill reported earlier that things are moving in a good direction for the Saints. They have made him a priority. His other options uh, have not made him a priority. The Jets are are wanting to get Aaron Rodgers. Uh, The the Panthers, possibly, it seems like they're trying to drive the price up for the Saints, more so than actually pursuing him because they're going to draft a quarterback in all likelihood. So... There's a lot of stuff there. But there's a contingent of people that think that the Saints should tank. Don't get Derek Carr. Lose on purpose because next year's quarterbacks are awesome. Crash for Caleb. Crash for Caleb. Or be miserable for May? No. Eh, possibly. Drop for Drake? That's not bad. I'm trying to think of one for yours, but nothing really comes to mind. Well, he's got to be in the sewers for yours. <laughs> nice. But two things on that. First is yeah. tanking doesn't guarantee you anything. You mentioned the Jets earlier. What did being bad do for the Jets? What what is being what, uh, constantly picking in the top ten? What has that done for the Jets? 
What has that done for the Jags? They've been perpetual losers forever until they finally scrape by and win a playoff game before they were not. I mean, like th- that's what the Jags are after years of having the quarterback to pick or whatever. Tanking doesn't get you anywhere. It, look at the number of teams that have quote-unquote tanked or lost on purpose and where they are now. You know what wins? Big moves, cheap quarterbacks, and getting lucky. That's what it is. Because Mitch Trubisky, Bears lost, but hey, they tanked for Mitch. Look what they got now. And look at what they became. So one, it's not a proven thing anyway. You might not get in the spot to where you can get Caleb Williams or Drake May anyway. And there's no guarantee they work out because how many great quarterbacks in college don't work out in the NFL? A metric ton of them. They, they fail far more than they succeed. So that's number one. It's not a guarantee at all. Number two, losing sucks. And, and I feel like that's e- like calling for your team to tank is easy to say in April. When you're getting close to the draft, oh, they should tank. Don't don't go for Derek Carr. They should lose. Tank. Get a good draft pick. And then you've got to watch your team for 17 weeks. And if you're a fan, in the middle of that losing, well, we might get a quarterback in the draft, isn't enough to make that season worth it, in my opinion. Right. I agree. It's easy to say now. Derek Carr, despite probably being a little bit of an overpay, which is what they would have to do if they were able to sign him, comes in and gives you quality quarterback play. And when you pair that with a good defense, you might be able to host a playoff game, win your division, because everybody in your division is replacing a quarterback. Brady's gone. The Falcons released Mariota. God knows what the Panthers are going to do, but it's not going to be a guy that started for them last year. So the division's gettable. Carr is good. Not great, but good. You've got a sound defense. Tanking doesn't guarantee you anything. And being in the middle of that is a horrible experience as a fan. Why would you want to go through that when there's an alternative that is maybe not Super Bowl winning? But tanking isn't Super Bowl winning either. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. You know, and, and it's not like the Jets were, you know, doing what the Sixers did, right? Where the Sixers had the process and they've come out now, they haven't won a championship, but they're a much better team than they were, and they've got a franchise player to build around. The Jets have just drafted poorly. They keep they keep missing. When they did get the quarterback, Zach Wilson, that was a miss. And so here they are all all over again. So I you know, the NFL is not the NBA. I just don't feel like like in the NBA you can be rewarded for tanking. I think yeah. because I think a lot of times because the evaluations of players in basketball is just easier than in football. But yeah, if I'm a Saint, I, I am a Saints fan. I don't want to see a tank. I'd rather see them go after Derek Carr. They've got talent around him. You know, last year was an. Inc- I felt like last year. Maybe I'm just blinded by my homerism, but I felt they were incredibly unlucky. They had so many injuries, and and it just. It just what it just didn't work out. I feel like that team fully healthy is, is with a with a right quarterback in place is a playoff team. Yes, especially in the NFC South. Probably the worst division again in the league this year. Hunter, you know I like you. You know I appreciate you. You're you're a a really good guy. It seems 
you text the show. I appreciate you as a listener. We have good back and forth. I like you. I'm going to take a shot at you here, though. He said, Saints front office is pretty much garbage. They will find a way to mess it up without Peyton and Breeze. The Saints were never anything. Unless they get another great coach or transcendent quarterback, they will still be garbage because their front office can't build a team. Says the Cowboys you watch? fan. I mean, Says the Cowboys fan. That. The Saints, year in and year out, have one of the smartest, most cap-savvy... I mean, look at the team they put together last year when they, they brought in... Uh, Jarvis Landry, and they brought in the Honey Badger, and they brought in these guys, and they had a team that everybody preseason thought was going to contend, and they just they all got you know, hurt. Injuries racked them. They got hurt. So, I I can't get behind that at all. Also, correct if you're a Cowboys fan, what are you talking about? <laughs> but we love you. We appreciate you. Just you know, haven't been no, we to an NFC Championship since I was one one year old. So, oh, you know. Useless for yours. That's pretty good. There we go. It's not bad. That's not bad. Quit for Quinn. That's also good. Very good. Poor. Let's just go full. Let's just full. Let's just full tank for like three years, and we can, uh, you know, make it make it bad for Manning. Let's just bring Arch in, (laughs) and let's just go full circle and, Uh, and do it. Oh man. Make it bad for Manning. Something, I don't know. Jason Columbus says the Cowboys have a, have four sub-500 seasons in the last two and a half decades. Yeah, no NFC Championship appearances either. Yeah. I haven't, haven't been there. So anyway. It's true. Poor NFL franchises lose their mind on potential, Andrew says. Reality has no bearing, hence the reason they stink every year. Another one, Bryce Young is Kyler Murray 2.0, makes some plays, will be a 500 quarterback. I, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I think Kyler, I think that Bryce Young is a lot more, you know, it sounds however it wants to sound, but more of a student of the game. Yeah. I think he's, he's got a I think he's got a better head on his shoulders than does Kyler Murray. Yeah. The, the Kyler Murray thing, see, and, and but there is some uh, element to truth to that message, though. NFL teams are copycats. And they see an athletic, undersized quarterback in Kyler Murray, and they might think, well, Bryce Young's that guy. Kyler Murray, it can't be overstated that Kyler Murray was in in his contract. His team felt it vital to include, you must study four hours of film a week in his contract. The the insanity that that decision comes with. I, I mean... I guess it's a financial decision as much as it is football because of the value that he brings to the team. Maybe they just find it worth it. But the fact that, that that's not something you'll have to do to Bryce Young. And in yeah, fairness, that's I not agree. something you'll have to do to Will Levis either. For all his faults, you're not going to have to put that in his contract. Right. I agree. And as Hunter said earlier, it is about situation. Brady's not winning six Super Bowls in Detroit. Situation does matter. Right. Of course it does. I mean, we'll see what Marone can do with Trevor Lawrence, but the the early part of Trevor Lawrence's NFL career wasn't great. So, and and of course, you know, it didn't help that he was on a bad team, and they but they've gotten better each year these past couple of years, and now they look like they're they're in the way. I saw it. I know what you're laughing at. 
<laughs> we can't. I don't know if we won't say that one, but it's uh, funny. It's a good one. It's uh, don't be yeah. worth a four dart. There you go. <laughs> that's pretty good. Just make the noise, and you're good. That, that is that's pretty good. Has anyone ever questioned Murray's physical ability since he's been in the league? No. It's all mental. No. It's attitude. It's it's work ethic. It's, uh, I mean, getting into it with his coach, being immature. That's that's his issue. Yeah. Have the Panthers just given up on Matt? I don't think so. But they don't know what he's capable of in the NFL. So if they have an early round pick, they're going to probably take a chance on a quarterback. I mean, Matt Corral has taken zero NFL snaps in a, in a real game anyway, and he's coming off of a season-ending injury. You just you can't go into a season with that being your only quarterback. It, it's I like Matt. I, I think that he's got the skill set to to thrive in that league, but a lot of guys do, and so they need to figure out who those guys are. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll be back. Brian Haydad with you one more time. State and Southern Miss getting ready to start here in about eight minutes. Basketball tonight as well in Starkville. A big one, obviously. Got any final thoughts on that game before it gets started here shortly? Just have to win, you know. State's a 16-point favorite. That has a lot of points. Um, and they could easily cover it, or they could easily uh, not, you know, make it a lot more difficult than it, than it needs to be. Um and if you know, if they have a bad offensive night, South Carolina does have some capability here. So state needs to come out, shake off the the emotions of of the last game. You know, you, you were on a big high. You can't afford to have a roller coaster here. You got to stay at that level and win this game tonight. We'll see if it happens. We'll obviously react to that tomorrow. I'm going to leave you uh, with this: a story of stupidity. A TikTok personality. <laughs> In Pennsylvania, because that's a good way to start a story. Um, is going viral for a prank that he pulled on his parents. Apparently he's a bit of a prankster, and he messes with his parents all the time. And this time, he finally went viral. Good for him. That should be your goal. Corbin Millet is his name, and he posted the video online. Uh, first, a panorama display of his kitchen. Still lives with his parents. Looks like he's old enough to not live with his parents, but he does. And then the video cuts to that same kitchen, but every inch of counter and cabinet space and every appliance is covered in peanut butter. I'm talking every single inch of cabinet, counter, and appliance space is covered, completely, solidly covered in peanut butter. Said it took him hours to do it. And he recorded his dad's reaction when his dad got home and his dad was running up the stairs. And that's the final frame you see is him said a couple words that were bleeped out and then the video cut off. 
The internet was a mistake. <laughs> if I came home, I have daughters, and my kitchen was covered in peanut butter. I would make them lick it clean. It would be like, either going to lick this thing clean, or I'm going to take every piece of technology you have, and I'm going to bash it with a hammer right here in front of you. You're going to watch me do it. It took him three hours to clean it up because the peanut butter filled every crack, crack everywhere in the entire kitchen. 4.5 million likes on the video. TikTok doesn't reveal the, the views, I guess. 4.5 million likes on the video. I see these. there's this one couple on TikTok that are like constantly shooting balloons filled with whipped cream or whatever at each other in their house, and I'm like, you have to clean up every day. How is it worth it? I, I just don't get it. It's just me. It's just me. The, the I just views, don't get it. Though. The views. Here's what, uh, what Jim Borky would have done to me had I done that. He would have grabbed a chair and probably a yingling and sat in that kitchen and not said a word and watched me clean up every inch and then without saying a word would have made me get in his car and he would have driven me to a boarding school and that would have been the end of my living with home. He would have been so calm and just Pretty like, good. I'm going to sit down, you're going to clean that up, have a beer and then when I was done he was just going to... Tell me to get in the car, and he would have driven me to boarding school, and that would have been it. Over. I would not have been welcomed back to his home after that, ever again. Allow me to tell you what John Arthur Haydad would have done. <laughs> uh, first off, he would have taken off his belt and beaten me within an inch of my life, and then he would have made me clean it up. I'd have been limping, crying, trying to like f hold myself up, scrubbing peanut butter everywhere, and he would have been laughing at me, too. be like, you are the biggest dumb beep that I've ever met in my life. Straight out of Red Foreman. My God, I can't even imagine the beating I would have taken had that occurred. What an, uh, just an absolute... And then somebody said, is that kid still alive or will I see it on the news? Apparently he does this all the time because, again, the internet is a mistake. You know what else was a mistake? Bam Margera. I think he inspired... Young people that you can just beat up on your dad and it'll get you TV shows. So just like yeah. insult your parents' home and you'll get a bunch of views online and, and money for it. I'm going to hold out as, as long as I can social media and, and smartphones and stuff with yeah, my Yeah, you should. You should. But then I don't want to isolate. Like, gosh, by the time your kid's a teenager, who only who knows what social media will be? Everything it could be ten times worse. Owned by China. Yeah. Everything's in cycles, though. Hopefully we start cycling away from that kind of garbage. I don't know. But, yeah, there's your Good dumb luck. news of Good the day. Uh, State in Southern Miss, first pitch here in a minute. Ole Miss batting in the come, bottom of the sixth. Going to come cover one. Studio X and peanut butter and blame it on you. Yeah. Yeah, now we have that recorded, though. It, yeah. Forever. So they'll know it's you. Oh, well. We blame it on Richard. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Baseball and basketball to recap at 3 o'clock. For Richard Cross and Brian Hayden and Michael Borky, you'll have a great night. Enjoy your sports. There's a lot of it.
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.